Welcome to the Nonprofit Coach Podcast. Since 2010, the most listened to show in the nonprofit sector dedicated to helping your charity succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to fundraising success, and practical nonprofit management advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach Podcast with Ted Hart is the perfect landing point to learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is, without a doubt, one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books range from successful online fundraising to expert nonprofit management. Guests on the Nonprofit Podcast are leaders in their field who share their insider tips and trade secrets in a conversational style both the experienced and novice will benefit from. Ted and his guests help you and your organization move to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. After the show, you can find all of our podcasts at tedhart.com on iTunes. And now, just say, Alexa, play Nonprofit Coach on TuneIn. Now, welcome the host of the Nonprofit Coach Podcast, Ted Hart. And welcome here to this latest edition of the Nonprofit Coach. Thank you for being with us uh, today. Uh, we've got a very, very important show with you uh, today. Uh, we do have a page one for you, but we're going to start off with our expert, Michelle Paul Duncan is the president and CEO uh, of the Encourage Kids Foundation. Uh, Michelle uh, began her career at Encourage Kids as a volunteer and joined the foundation staff full-time in 1996. Her passion and warm personality combined with her leadership expertise eventually led to her rise to the organization and under her direction, the program's department immediately began to flourish. As you'll hear in our podcast today, in addition to overseeing the growth of the pediatric hospital support program, Michelle is responsible for the creation and development of the tablet uh, program, which became one of the organization's most sought after and valuable programs. The relationships she has fostered over the years with child life staff and all, at all levels of hospital administration have helped her to develop an integral understanding of their needs and health and has helped position the organization to be on the forefront of state-of-the-art programming. Michelle is a trustee of the Children's Specialized Hospital Foundation where she uh, sees an, uh, serves as board secretary and chair of the governance committee. She also serves on the advisory board of one of the nation's leading anti-bullying organizations. Um, so this is uh, a, a lady who is not only very well skilled in nonprofit management, but is also a visionary. And that's why we've asked her uh, to join us here today on uh, the nonprofit Coach, welcome here, uh, Michelle Hall Duncan, Duncan here to the Nonprofit Coach. Thank you so much, Ted, for having me. I'm super excited to be on your show today. Um, you do an amazing job of helping your listeners learn about all aspects of nonprofit management. Well, and that's really why we've in invited uh, you today, because uh, as you know, here on the Nonprofit Coach. You know, we handle and manage topics across the board uh, for, for nonprofit uh, organizations. And, and really, there's nothing more important 
than to um, have strong management, uh, but also to be visionary as a nonprofit organization to really make a difference in people's lives. So let's start off with just sharing with our audience so they can have uh, a context um, since you are you know, providing us this profile in leadership today, what is the Encourage Kids Foundation? And then I want to spend our time together sort of breaking down lessons learned and the direction that you've taken and how you have taken vision and made it a success. So let's start off with uh, who is Michelle Hall Duncan and what is the Encourage Kids Foundation? So thanks for that. You know, I... I think that you said something interesting about my, my bio and, and, and something that people have really been interested in. I started as a volunteer, and so starting in that capacity meant that I already loved the mission. Um, it wasn't my job to do it. It was what I, I loved to do. And what we've done over the course of the nearly 35 years of being in existence is really to truly help to humanize healthcare for children and their families. We love to resource impact-driven projects in the hospitals and also work with the child life community along with nurses and doctors, all working collectively to seek to better that experience for children when they're hospitalized because it can be so traumatic. Three million kids get hospitalized each year and it can be super traumatic for them and their families. And so we love to try to mitigate that trauma for them. And that's really the, the mission of the uh, Encourage Kids Foundation to, is, as you have said, uh, humanize healthcare for children and their families uh, by resourcing impact-driven uh, programs and supporting child life community. That's a lot that's packed into there, but from a leadership perspective, one of the things I heard you say that I think is is so important for for everyone to understand, and, and it's, it's said so often, but actually putting it into practice is a, is a whole different uh, thing, uh, and that is collaboration of a lot of different professionals who are not part of your foundation or not employees of your foundation have their own day jobs and their own professions, but still have a stake in making sure that, in this case, children and their families are successful in that health care. So talk to us a little bit about the vision of bringing teams that are not necessarily teams together um, and your role in helping strategize that. I think, you know, what's become increasingly important in this very competitive nonprofit or, as I like to say, impact industry environment is that you do need to collaborate. It's necessary to partner, not only with other foundations, but anyone who has the same end goal as you. And so when you're talking about humanizing healthcare for kids and families, or helping to try to mitigate a lot of those psychosocial traumas that can happen to them on the journey with an illness, there are so many people that are involved in that process. Um, and so I think that if you don't partner, you kind of lose that energy that you can have. Um, I hope I don't mess this up, but I know there's a pro proverb that says something like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. 
And I think that that is what we always try to do. We really try to ensure that, number one, we're working with the cutting-edge professionals, that we're listening to what what is current and actually what children need. I can remember years ago when music therapy kind of came on the scene as one of the therapies that would really help children when they were going through a traumatic illnesses or injuries, and we were very interested in supporting that in the hospital. And now you look back 15, 20 years ago when people were just starting to use music therapy in the hospital setting, and now it's, it's a necessity. You don't find too many well-healed children's organizations or children's hospitals that do not have music therapy as part of the standard of care for children. Mm-hmm. And that's because of the vision that you and, and the professionals that you brought to bear identified those uh, elements that were not necessarily part of a standard of care, but brought it into that care environment. Um, and now, as you said, uh, after all these years, that's becoming more the norm uh, than, than the exception. And, and isn't that you know, part of what being a leader is, because I'm sure that you probably had you, the naysayers and, and the, dis, the detractors, you know, who said, you know, that's just fluff or that's not necessary or that's not, you know, that's not real therapy or that's not real medicine. Um, so oh how, how did yeah. you overcome <laughs> that, stay the course, and now be proven right? I think you have to be confident in your decisions, and you have to be confident in your knowledge base. What really gave me the confidence is that I always go to the experts. I do not claim to be a child life specialist. I do not claim to know everything. I truly suspend my ego, and I pride myself on being a listener. And so when you listen and you learn, you can absolutely go in and convince a group of funders, Um, anyone that you need to work with to get the job done to really follow you because that's part of what leadership is, convincing people to follow you and buy into your vision. I knew that music therapy was the right thing to do. We all did. We understood the impact. We saw in in those piloted moments that this is transformational for kids. And so I think my job is to definitely go in and tell those stories to our funders and to our board of directors so that they can understand, hey, this is something that's super important, and obviously the years and years later that and many other creative art therapies are so important in the healing journey for, for kids. Mm-hmm. And but again, how how did you how how did you come across that as something that you could add to your vision and the value that the Encourage Kids Foundation could bring? I mean, because again, that wasn't the norm. You weren't just walking in and working, you know, from somebody else's song. She, you were actually writing a whole new symphony. So how did you find those component parts that you could then you know, write into your into your artwork? Do you mean specifically how we found music therapists or how we developed the Music therapy, music therapists, the different therapies, the the um, uh, the the uh, tablet program. How how did you identify things that that weren't there 
uh, and and bring them together because I'm trying to help our listeners understand you know it's it's so often said you know think outside the box and 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 I think people just dismiss that because they hear it so often but you know what that really means is think outside of what you already know and 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 tap into other resources to create a whole new norm that's exactly what you did but how did you do that how did you create or identify those component parts that as I said you could then you know bring those into into the symphony that you've created for children by partnering, by by partnering with Cell Life, by partnering with the hospitals and listening to them. One of the things that we truly pride ourselves on here is we don't bring hospitals what we think we what we want them to have. We bring them what they want. We're not, you know, that organization that says, you know, and, and very well-meaning, honestly. So many organizations are like, oh, we think that sick kids need this, and this is a great idea for us to go in and do it for them. That's not what we do here at Encourage Kids Foundation. We go in and we ask the experts, what do you need, and what have you found to be most effective? And then we go and we fund that for them. So that sets okay. us apart from many organizations. It's, again, I don't consider myself an expert in what children in the hospital need, but I consider myself an expert in translating to funders and donors to the rest of my team and going out and being able to move those resources into the hospital. So you're absolutely right. There were people who thought music therapy, oh, it's just, you know, someone playing the guitar for kids. So I would go into a hospital and see a child, for instance, who was post-surgical, had to walk, for instance, and a musician start playing their bedside with the guitar and then really begin to coax the kid out of bed and perhaps move backwards. And all of a sudden, you've got a kid that's walking towards that guitar, towards that musician, and having that moment that is physical therapy for them when no one else was able to get the out of bed. That's magical which is great, but it's also instrumental in helping the healing process. And when you can prove and show what you set out to do, then all of a sudden everyone is on board. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing there is that you are a very good listener. You and your team, uh, as you said, don't come with a prescription already written out uh, without actually seeing uh, what the needs on the ground are, listening to the professionals who are on the ground. But you do have tools that you then are able to bring forward once you work with those professionals and identify the need that you then help them by reaching out to your network um, and raising the money for that specific new uh, prescription for children um, that can include a number of different tools that you've funded before, that you've become, you know, that you know experts that are related to that. So you have your own capacity now to hear, listen, and build, and then fundraise and then make a difference. Absolutely. You mentioned the program earlier. Uh, you know, years ago when tablets were new, and many children did not have the opportunity to use one, it was a great distraction tool. So I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if tablets were specifically built or programmed to assist child life in their daily interventions with children? 
And so once again, I went to a group of child life specialists and I said, what would you want this tablet to look like if you needed it to help you? Which types of uh, would you want downloaded on them? How would you want them aggregated? I partnered with um, a wonderful programmer who also happened to be a child specialist and create arts therapist to build a specific type of tablet that would work with hospitalized kids. And, you know, it was it was an awesome outcome because, once again, we didn't know exactly what the outcome looked like, but we knew that if we went to the partner, if we listened again, we have a great product, and we did. I think what's 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 wonderful about the approach that that you take and that your f- foundation takes is that as as you said you you don't just approach this that hey we have a budget and we have a need and we're going to go fundraise to our budget and our need but that you're listening to the professionals and drawing on the experience and developing you know, really sort of bespoke, customized approaches for the institutions that you interact with and then fundraise to that specific prescribed approach based on the professionals that you interact with. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, it's a winner for us. We we don't experience many dramatic failures because we're going in asking um, humbly and listening what's needed at any given at any given time. That's terrific. Uh, we are here uh, live with Michelle Hall Duncan, President and CEO of the Encourage Kids Foundations. Uh, we're going to take a very uh, uh, quick break here, and when we come back, I want to explore a little bit more uh, with uh, Michelle the the specific um, steps that she has taken to really build a strong foundation. So we're going to, Michelle, when we come back uh, from this break, we're going to take a look a little bit internally um, so that uh, we can understand how you have structured this um, and uh, how others can learn uh, from uh, from uh, that experience, and uh, we will be uh, right back. Every day, millions of people are online, many of whom want to help, volunteer, and donate to a good cause. Nonprofit organizations can use many Google tools to reach potential donors around the world and raise more money. And as an approved nonprofit, it doesn't cost a thing. It's all free. Google Grants helps you promote your website with free advertising on Google.com through the AdWords program. With Google AdWords, you create ads and choose words or phrases related to your nonprofit organization. When people search on Google using one of your phrases, your ad will appear next to the Google search results under the Sponsored Links section. AdWords allows you to target certain geographic areas, dates, and times of day for your ads to appear. YouTube for Nonprofits is another tool that can boost donations to your organization. The program offers a number of perks that get your message out there and drive viewers to take action and donate. You can list your organization on YouTube's nonprofit channel and add call-to-action overlays on your videos to drive viewers to donate. Need help analyzing your website traffic and marketing effectiveness? 
Google Analytics is a free tool that will give you rich insight and help you increase the number of people that visit and donate to your site. Google Analytics can be invaluable to many people in your organization, such as development directors, marketing staff, and your web team. There are many other tools that can help you reach more donors and raise funds, like Google Checkout, where you can process credit card donations with no transaction fee, Google Sites to create a free website, and Website Optimizer, where you can figure out the best landing pages to turn site visitors into donors. To get started, apply for Google for Nonprofits today. Have you ever wished you could take back an email you sent to the wrong person? Or have that nagging feeling that your confidential message was forwarded without your consent? Do you sometimes email sensitive data even though you know most email is insecure? And we all have, because we're busy. And because in the world of email, there are no takebacks. Until now. Introducing Virtru, the simple way to send and receive secure email with confidence. Virtru is easy to install and use, and it works with your favorite email programs like Gmail, Outlook, Yahoo, MacMail, and more. When you hit the Send Secure button, your email is encrypted before it leaves your computer or smartphone. And even better, you can revoke a message at any time. You decide whether a message can be forwarded by recipients. You can track where your message is forwarded and more. Download Virtru today and start sharing with confidence. Because everyone deserves digital privacy and security without hassle. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always free and always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com on iTunes. And now, just say, Alexa, play Nonprofit Coach on TuneIn. Now back to the Nonprofit Coach Podcast with Ted Hart. Hello? Well, we are back here with um, Michelle Hall Duncan, uh, and uh, she is the president and CEO of the Encourage Kids Foundation. Um, and uh, Michelle, when we went on the break, I um, had promised that we would take a look at uh, a little bit about your foundation. 
uh, itself and how you have structured that to be able to be so successful in listening, learning from professionals and sort of creating specific fundraising opportunities uh, to build this uh, better environment for children, their health care, and to help them uh, speed along their healing. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? So do you mean specifically what we do here as a team? Yeah, so how you structured that so that you stay on that edge that you've created in terms of uh, we're always looking here on the nonprofit coach to help people learn, you know, how can they be properly structured, um, how can they learn from your success. So what are the, some of the things about how you've structured yourself and how you put your programming together that you think make you particularly successful? Um, so I would say, you know, again, for us, it just always goes back to our partnerships with Child Life. And for me, I like to make sure that I am consistently meeting with the professionals in the health profession that help us keep ourselves, you know, in touch with what's going on. Um, my team is a very well-versed team in how to interact with sick children and interact at all levels with administration, child life, doctors, nurses, and other clinicians. So what I like to do is make sure that, first of all, everyone on the team understands the mission, that they have an opportunity to visit the hospitals. I don't want any person on the team to feel like, even if they're not involved in direct programming, that they don't have a stake in this mission. So we talk about that continuously. We ask for everyone's input and advice around what we do here. And I think that's very, very important when you're leading a team to not have silos, to not isolate anyone uh, with regard to the mission, because everyone can have an opinion and bring something excellent to the table. Right. And I would imagine it takes, um, you know, a fair amount of time and certainly a strong organization to listen and learn and to bring together the various uh, professional input that you have um, at the organizations, but also, you know, the, the folks who are the professionals in music therapy, the folks who are helping you develop and maintain the tablet program and, and all of those, bringing all those folks together before you can even then start utilizing them for the children themselves. Yes, absolutely. Um, staying plugged into professional organizations, um, being at the table so that you already understand what the healthcare climate looks like, all of those things are important. I like to be prepared. And so I read a lot. I like to understand everything that's happening around children's health. And I think no matter what your mission is, you should do the same. It, it, it helps you to continue to stay at the table. It helps for people to continue to see you as a leader in that particular industry or that particular niche that you have in the nonprofit world. Being as good as you are as a foundation and, and having been at this for a while, the, the way that uh, the professional staffs at hospitals interact with you has really changed over time, hasn't it, where you're, oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're a little <laughs> bit more welcomed with open arms now than perhaps when you first started? Absolutely. You are absolutely correct about that. Uh, I was at a Child Life Directors Conference in Scottsdale 
uh, last month. And, you know, the caliber of people, these are all high-level leadership in child life, really embraced and welcomed what I was doing because they felt that I had a really key understanding not only of what they did every day, but how significant that it was. And so, sure, now, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much welcomed everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I certainly uh, uh, understand that the work that you've been doing uh, for decades, because before you were with the Encourage Kids Foundation, you were with the Starlight Children's uh, foundation. So you have very deep roots in understanding exactly what the needs of children are, but also the, you know, how to navigate yourself, you know, through the halls of, of healthcare. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, it's just one of the things that I feel that really truly makes us unique is our ability to understand. And, you know, no matter, again, what nonprofit you're running, what your, your mission is, it is so important for you to dig in and listen and understand all aspects of what's happening. I love to listen to our family and listen to what their frustrations are about navigating the healthcare experience. I love to listen to everyone when it comes to that because you can truly get just multi-layered perspective on what's happening and what's important and then in your own world or within what's within your power to change you can try to change it what role does um, the uh, the work that you because you now serve on um, the advisory board of one of the country's leading anti-bullying organizations stop out bullying how is that now sort of affecting some of the work that you do? Do you see that the effect of bullying on children and their health care, and are these things starting to inform each other? Well, I think that um, what's always happened when children have an illness, particularly one that is visible, is that there is always the opportunity for children to bully them. And it really comes from a place of not understanding and oftentimes a place of fear. And so arming our children with a safe space, first of all, to interact with one another, families interacting with other families. And we do that when we take our families, once they are no longer in the hospital, on wonderful uh, escapes, so to speak. We went to camp just uh, at the beginning of September. We've taken 500 participants to Six Flags The Great Adventure here in Jackson, New Jersey. We just love to bring families together and give them a safe space where no one is gawking or staring or um, making off-pan comments. And then we also learn from each other how, when those types of things happen, to, you know, if we can, teach and inform other children you know, this isn't a frightening thing. This is just, you know, what's happening, children learning how to talk to other children about their illness, and they need to bully other children. But it definitely happens, and it, it's truly unfortunate. I hear a lot of times from my children who are wheelchair-bound that, you know, when they go to school, kids just don't understand what that means or why that happens. And we adults know that 
it can be frightening sometimes when you see something that you don't understand and you don't know how it happened. So we hope that by giving our families the opportunity to experience that safe space, it helps to bolster up their confidence and bolster up their spirits when they do interact with people who just don't understand. Yeah, and that, and that gives people an opportunity to network as well, right, so that they can create support networks and, and have, you know, other families that they know are, you know, managing life similarly to the way that they are uh, so they can, yep. you know, be there for each other, you know, both, you know, physically and, and psychologically, uh, but creating that. So is that, is that also um, a part of the work of the Encourage Kids Foundation in addition to sort of the, you know, the, the physical and therapy things that you help bring to the program? Yes, absolutely. Um, there's a, a, kind of movement that's been happening for for years and years and years towards family-centered care in the hospital setting and it's you know basically where you're treating the entire family so that they can all manage their child's illness together and so we like to borrow that same philosophy with our escape program and allow everyone to experience a wonderful time together if it's just going to the movies or as I said going to camp for an entire weekend what organically evolves out of that are these relationships and friendships that allow these families to interact outside of the events that we produce for them and really create a support system for themselves and it's extremely valuable for them. Again, thinking of our audience today, nonprofit executives, fundraisers, you know, people who are uh, engaged in the management of nonprofit organizations, what would you say are some of the, the principal uh, lessons that you have learned during your tenure um, that have particularly made the, the institution of Encourage Kids Foundation, not necessarily the, the work, we've talked about the, the incredible work that you do, but the institution of uh, Encourage Kids Foundation to be successful in terms of board structure, communication, uh, staff structure. How are, what, what are some of the lessons that you've learned over your tenure that you think would be very helpful to those that are listening? I think one of the things, we'll start with the board. I think one of the things that's super important about your board is that you have a great relationship with your board chair, first of all, because that's going to be, um, in a healthy situation, your go-to person. And uh, myself and my board chair have an excellent relationship. I can come to him and talk about anything, triumphs or challenges, and he listens. Uh, we have everything in place here that you really should have in place for board structure. We make sure that we have term limits. We make sure that we have uh, committees that function and have executive committee meetings on a regular basis so that the board can hear from me, again, what we're doing right, what we may be doing wrong, what's coming down the pike. Uh, also making sure that one of the things that I'm really pushing for right now, my, my current challenge is diversification of my board. And it's something that so many uh, nonprofits in particular are challenged with, making sure that they have a board that reflects their constituency and where you are able to receive thoughts from all aspects 
of the community. So that's something that's extremely important. Um, obviously, having your board have great oversight over all fiduciary aspects of your organization is important. Uh, we always look on to our board source as, as a really wonderful resource for us as a person who serves on the board of Children's Specialized Hospital Foundation, we found that using BoardSource was fantastic for us in helping us with trustee engagement and many other aspects of, of our, our board leadership and has helped to um, positively expand board participation. So it's so important to have an engaged board because if they value you and they value the mission, they work even harder as your lead volunteers to help you to bring resources to the organization and then to, you know, talk about that mission and push that back out there into the community. I want to talk a little bit about you brought up a, an important resource for uh, nonprofit organizations, and that is uh, BoardSource.org. Uh, which is um, a an organization that focuses on nonprofit board leadership, and they provide support and training and education for nonprofit leaders uh, across the country and, and around the world. Uh, they are a 501c3 organization uh, in the United States, um, and so for you to endorse that organization, I think is a very big deal and certainly uh, brings that resource forward. Um, talk to us a little bit more about the specific things that you rely on board source to provide um, to uh, the Encourage Kids Foundation. So, uh, yes, I, I love board source. I went to their my first um, board source leadership forum, which is their huge, now I think, biannual conference. In, uh, in New Orleans several years back. And it's just absolutely, I think for me, um, newly in the leadership role, uh, it, was, it was transformative. And it helped me with the tools to come back to my board and say, hey, let's look at how we're doing things. And they provide an amazing survey, several surveys, but one that you can you know, have your board take so that they can self-assess. It's so wonderful to know what your board thinks, not only about the mission, but what they think about themselves. And then it teaches you as the, the leader of the organization where there are gaps in understanding. Perhaps, you know, you need to really do a deeper dive to the mission with your board. You'll find out where your strong spots are and then where your weak spots are and help your board to be the best board that it can be. They have tons of white papers that you can download, obviously uh, great uh, resources, um, books. We use the, I think it's 10, 10, the top 10 things that every board member should know. We bought that and we handed it out to our entire board because it helped them understand what their responsibilities were. It's just been a vital, vital resource for us. And uh, I um, am looking forward to attending the forum in St. Louis in May with my board chair and also with um, two of the, actually the president and CDO from Children Specialized and our new board chair for Children Specialized. So it's going to be very exciting for all of us to go together and really absorb what the leadership forum has to offer. I'm so excited about mm -hmm. it. 
Yeah, and they also provide uh, resources for helping the, the board of directors to assess uh, the success of the organization, the success of the, the CEO, but also to assess themselves as board members. And all of that is, is extremely important, and, but many nonprofit organizations miss those sort of three assessment points. Yeah, they do. And again, you know, I, I truly believe that it can be transformational. Uh, we initially did the survey with the board at Children Specialized, and it was amazing for us. We just were able to understand so much about what the board knew and what the board didn't know. And really, it was an opportunity to teach our board members, here's what it means to serve on a board. Here is, here's your directive. Here's what you ought to be doing. And, you know, everyone embraced the survey and the results. And just we just made ourselves an even better board from that. So it was wonderful working with my peers on that board to to help elevate how we worked together and then to bring those new learned skills back to my own job was incredible. So it's great to serve on a board because then you learn what it means to be a board member and you can go back and talk even more effectively to your own board of directors. But, but that also ties into the skill set that you bring to the Encourage Kids Foundation in that, again, you're listening and learning from others. You're bringing those tools uh, to, to help others benefit uh, from them. So I love this you know, sort of 360 approach that, that you take to, uh, to each of these topics. We're going to take a very, very quick break. When we come back, I do want to talk to Michelle Hall Duncan, President and CEO of the Encourage Kids Foundation, uh, about her work with the Association of Fundraising Professionals, where she currently serves as a board member for the New York City chapter. Um, and we will be right back. Life gets busy. Wouldn't it be nice to have a central place where you could save what's on your mind? With Google Keep, you can stay on top of your world by quickly and easily organizing everything you want to remember. No matter where you are, finalize door list for Thursday's gig. So when you find inspiration, you can file away your ideas. And Google Keep stores them safely across all your devices. And when the time comes, you'll have everything covered. Save what's on your mind. Google Keep. And again, don't forget to uh, mark your calendar for December 17th. Uh, when Kay Sprinkle Grace returns here to uh, the nonprofit coach. Kay uh, is always our guest for our holiday year end show, and it always ends up being one of the most popular shows of the year. So do not miss Kay Sprinkle Grace right here on the nonprofit coach, 12 noon Eastern on December 17th. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always free and always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com on iTunes and now just say Alexa play nonprofit coach on TuneIn. Now back to the nonprofit coach podcast with Ted Hart. 
And we're back here live with Michelle Hall Duncan, President and CEO of the Encourage Kids uh, Foundation. And Michelle, you serve as a board member of the Association of Fundraising Professionals New York City chapter, which is actually the founding chapter of the Association of Fundraising uh, Professionals. T talk to us a little bit about your your work on, on the board, what uh, AFP, the Association of Fundraising Professionals, is for our listeners, but also how all of these experiences are tying together for you. Uh, serving on the board is absolutely wonderful. As you said, the AFP is one of the largest fundraising membership organizations in the country, and our chapter is huge. We're right at the heart of the city, so so many organizations, consultants, everything that 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 love to be a part of that organization. So what we're doing to work, trying to make fundraising professionals the best that they can be. We are you know, organizing wonderful professional assessment workshops and seminars. I serve on the professional advancement committee as well. It's our job to create learning opportunities for the fundraising community. And that's just been a wonderful experience, having the opportunity to work with, again, uh, consultants that are in the New York metro area, other nonprofit organizations that are in the area. And also, you know, we have had wonderful opportunities to interact with, for instance, you know, the head of Charity Navigator, who came in and had a members-only meeting with us, and people were able to ask questions about Charity Navigator and what it means and how you navigate and get those uh, wonderful four-star ratings. It is truly a, a wonderful resource, I think, for any fundraising professional out there. And if you're in New York City, you should definitely take a look at it and join. We host a national um, philanthropy day, um, a huge fundraising um, conference every year. That It's just a wealth of knowledge, so many different opportunities to learn different tracks, the CO track or the the development officer track just tracks really how to take the most out of fundraising and out of um, really just to elevate your your own personal status. And of course, it's a fantastic network opportunity for people. People want to go in and meet others. And uh, for us, I think at the leadership level, it helps us to feel like we're not alone a lot of times in our struggles. I know before I became a part of I would think that many of the challenges that I had were maybe my fault or I just wasn't, you know, well-versed enough to understand what was happening. And then I go and I interact with other leaders, and they're like, no, 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 that happens to everyone. So it is a wonderful organization, and I truly enjoy it. And the uh, the big event that you mentioned, uh, the fundraising day in New York, um, is I believe the largest one-day fundraising conference anywhere in the world, and just celebrated um, its uh, 40th anniversary uh, this year. It's held in uh, June in New York City each year. Um, quite quite a famous uh, um, uh, uh, outing for uh, for fundraisers, nonprofit executives and their boards of directors, and for many years has really brought together the biggest and brightest uh, to learn from each other. 
And it was one of the largest that we'd ever done. It was packed, but just amazing, you know, just chock full of, of great speakers and, again, great opportunities to learn and advance in the profession. So you mentioned that, you know, the, the, the uh, AFP, New York AFP itself, you know, has a mission of education and training and bringing uh, people together. Of course, that's what we're doing uh, here today, uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach with this profile in leadership with Michelle Hall Duncan, CEO of Encourage uh, Kids Foundation. Um, we've got about 12 minutes left, so I was wondering if you could share your best tips for our listeners on their year-end giving. This is uh, uh, November. People are looking at, you know, arguably uh, now we're coming into the most important uh, fundraising time of the year. Um, what advice have you gained over time that could be beneficial to our listeners? Wow, you know, you're right. Uh, so many of, of my peers talk about Q4 being, you know, where the rubber hits the road. And there are so many opportunities packed into that, not only for fundraising, but for brand visibility. Uh, December 3rd is going, we're going to be running right into Giving Tuesday. And so there's a lot of conversation about how you prepare for that. And, you know, do you use it specifically as a fundraising day? Or more importantly, do you use it as an awareness day and an awareness opportunity? With Facebook uh, entering the arena several years ago and allowing people to donate to charities through their platform, Giving Tuesday seems to be a social media event in many ways, but we are all trying to figure out how we begin and drive traffic through not only social media, but direct mail pieces, as well as online giving. You know, there are a lot of email blasts that go out. I believe last Giving Tuesday, I must have gotten upwards of 150 emails about Giving Tuesday, so it is an impactful day for people. They're very competitive. You know, one thing to always worry about in the is they're having too much noise about something, and do our numbers and potential turn off to that if they're hearing much about it? So uh, Tuesday is that everyone prepares for. It's just how you do it that can be individual, maybe set you apart from others. And then obviously we're working on our end-year appeal and uh, talk to our donors about what we collectively have accomplished together for hospitalized children and their families. And also it's a time to thank donors. Thanksgiving is about three ways. I think it's important to continuously thank your donors for what they've done for you or for our kids and to not always ask attached to that. Wonderful, you know. I always receive a thank you from an organization that I donate to, and there is not an ask attached to it. Oftentimes, you know, then they're top of mind, and I'm inclined to go back in and to um, and to share more resources with them. So, I think that's what we're really working working on and thinking about here. Just at the end of the year, how do we wrap up the entire year's achievements? and share them, and then also share with our, our donors that, unfortunately, there are more sick children. 
Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're giving the advice that there's almost sort of like a, uh, you know, a one-two punch at the end of the year where you really advise putting a lot of emphasis on Giving Tuesday. Uh, of course, Giving Tuesday is sort of that that hashtag event that happens the Tuesday after uh, Thanksgiving. There's, you know, there's Thanksgiving, then there's Black Friday, Small Business mm-hmm. Saturday. Cyber Monday, and then after you've done all of your spending and all of your shopping, uh, the thought is is that you know Tuesday after all of that, uh, let's give back to our communities, let's give back to the charities uh, that we care most about. So you're saying you know really charities should put a big emphasis on that. That's December third uh, this year, so just uh, marking your calendars. Uh, but then. Uh, follow up on that sort of year-end holiday, you know, uh, Christmas or New Year's or, or however you, uh, you may celebrate that, um, to take a look at a, a, a year-end appeal as well. Is that your advice? Yes. I definitely believe that you should always have the year-end appeal because, again, it's on people's minds to give. And then also you're running into the year And uh, developing those opportunities to uh, for for people to give. Uh, again, Giving Tuesday just started in uh, I think 2012 was the first uh, uh, Giving Tuesday. So that's relatively uh, new in terms of uh, approach. But you find it? Uh, oh, actually, I think we've we've uh, just lost uh, Michelle. Uh, Hall Duncan. Hopefully, she'll call in just before the uh, the end of the of the show here. So, um, anyway, just to bring our listeners up to speed on the topic that she brought in uh, right here at the end is Giving Tuesday. Uh, is that Tuesday after Thanksgiving this year? It is December third. It is a movement that has grown tremendously since it started just a few years ago, and really is for a lot of donors and a lot of people. Uh, a a focus of their giving, um, a focus certainly of nonprofit uh, support, whether that's financial support or volunteer support, uh, but does kind of kick off that uh, uh, that uh, giving season for a lot of nonprofit organizations. So I'll just uh, recap here the lessons that we learned from uh, our profiles and leadership today. Michelle Hall Duncan, uh, the president and CEO of Encourage Kids Foundation, was uh, with us here. Um, she spoke about listening and learning from other professionals, bringing together networks that may not be uh, your natural uh, network uh, for your organization. Um, that was a very powerful uh, approach. Um, I think that uh, Michelle uh, Hall Duncan is just rejoining us here. Michelle, is that you? Uh, no, I, I'm, I apologize for that. Uh, anyway, um, she then led us to uh, the uh, board source as an opportunity uh, to grow and learn with your organization. Michelle, thank you for, uh, for coming back. I understand we had a little bit of phone problem there. I was just recapping for folks all the lessons that you brought to us in this profile in leadership um, and uh, had uh, given a little bit more detail on Giving Tuesday itself. As we look to wrap up the uh, show today, Michelle, could you just uh, give us sort of your final advice for our listeners on how to be successful uh, and then how our listeners can reach you? Uh, Thank you so much. And uh, I think that 
for me, what again, what's been successful for me in my trajectory, you know, again, starting as a volunteer uh, here at the organization, which was, you know, so serendipitous. I was supposed to volunteer. Um, I actually was volunteering for four years, and I lost my job. Uh, had been bought out by a competitor, and so I had the opportunity to either go to Texas or stay here in New York, and I love New York City so much. And so for three months, I was going to work for the foundation while someone was on maternity leave, and that was 23 years ago. And so the mission has really <laughs> resonated with me. Yeah, and and really I would say to anyone, learn, learn, learn. I learned this job from the, from the ground up. Um, I learned the mission first and, and helped to, to further it with my very own hands and just became so in love with what we were doing for kids that it was, it was crucial and important to me. So I think um, when you're in a leadership role, do what I did, join professional organizations, learn all the time, read, take the opportunity to interact with other professionals, uh, have a mentor and be a mentor. Uh, having a mentor is great because they can see you differently than they see yourself and encourage you to do things that you might not think that you're ready for. And then when you are a mentor, you're literally doing the same thing for someone else. And sometimes it helps you to see, hey, I'm encouraging my mentee to take a leap. Maybe I should listen to my own mentor and take those same leaps as well. So those are some of the things that are extremely important, I think, to success, keeping you as a well-rounded professional and leader, and always stay humble. I really think it's important. You know, I love meeting people. I love meeting other professionals. I love meeting young professionals. I really do try to listen to what the young people on my team say and have to offer because they are the new generation of donors, and we are going to have to pay attention to how they give. They definitely like to have more touch points with the mission than perhaps the previous generation of donors did. Um, make sure you understand how to have relationships with the corporate social responsibility departments of, of companies and stay abreast on everything that's happening in the nonprofit world so that you don't have any surprises. Yeah, that's really great advice. I love your uh, your suggestion to, uh, you know, have a mentor but be a mentor, you know, give back to – uh, uh, to society, give back to the profession. I know you're doing that uh, in so many ways with the advisory boards that you serve on and uh, with, uh, with AFP uh, itself. Uh, Michelle Hall-Duncan, I cannot thank you uh, enough for uh, being our guest here and to bring this profile of leadership to the nonprofit sector to learn from uh, your many years of experience with the Encourage Kids Foundation, but also uh, the, uh, the network that you have developed around you. Uh, we wish you uh, all the best here as you go into Giving Tuesday and the holiday season, and we hope that you'll be our guest again here on the Nonprofit Coach. Thank you, Michelle Hall-Duncan. Thank you so much, Ted. You've been listening to the Nonprofit Coach Podcast with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcasts at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach.